Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and Instagram. The Jesus Witch Podcast is a show dedicated to opening the conversation about including Jesus in witchery practices. The goal of this podcast is to not be evangelical. The goal is to spread the love, light, truth, acceptance, and oneness that is Jesus Christ himself. Here at the Jesus Witch Podcast, we believe all people are loved by God and all people are loved by Jesus. We believe in community and the power of fellowship. We believe in giving whatever you reasonably can to help your neighbor who's in need. And above all, we believe in the power of creating a relationship with Jesus that is authentic and unique to you. Join me for new episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast every single Monday and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. So this week on the Jesus Witch Podcast, I am excited because I have one of my friends, Mimi, here. Mimi, can you introduce yourself? Well, hi. My name's Mimi. Um, I am a Southern transplant to Wisconsin, so things are a little weird in my life. But for the most part, I'm just, I'm an ADHD mom who got diagnosed with autism around the same time as my five-year-old. Like, we went on that journey together. Um, I have four children in total. And I have two dogs that drive me insane. Um, I definitely say that I'm more like, I know like crunchy is the big buzzword and everything, but I'm like way more hippy dippy than crunchy because crunchy is like, it, it has lots of weird connotations to it. But um, and also I'm less goth than I used to be. Like I've always, I, I like to evolve things. So like, I'm not as goth as I was. I'm more whimsy goth now. Like I'm embracing my '90s true persona here. <laughs> um, I'm also very witchy. I have grown up with it. I've always considered myself to be a type of witch, but I never really gave myself a label for it until a couple years ago. I was just, it was just how I was. And yeah, that's, that's, that's all she's got, Vern. <laughs> um, I feel like, I feel you too. Like, I'm definitely like a crunchy hippie-ish mom. And like, we're both like more like soft goth. Is that like what they call it these days? Like that, like pastel, like whatever. Yeah, um, there's like really pastel really goth. And there's, um, I don't know, like I was full on like the crow and a corn head and like super duper chains and metal like mixed That's with stevie great. nicks in high school so like i would wear the corsets and the big long flowy but everything was still black i love um, that oh my god i'm super into like now i'm into like the greens and, you know like the forest mm-hmm. green and like the beautiful purples and the vibrant but also really deep blues and all the gold the healing colors it is it's very wonderful like I painted my my living room for our new house it's this beautiful like deep forest green and all the accents are black and gold and I love love it that's cool that's cool that's a cool aesthetic but uh, I wanted to have you on the Jesus Witch podcast because not only do you identify you you call yourself a Christian witch am I bold to assume that or is that a correct statement um, I'd say Christianity is so weird right now, so it's hard to want to claim it, if I'm being Facts. honest. Facts. <laughs> um, but yes, because most of what I do is with the Abrahamic God, and a lot of it's like with Jesus, super duper big on like Mary Magdalene, super duper big on Asherah, but also like 
a lot of angel working, whether I want to or not, they just kind of pop up. And then I have a lot of like hereditary working. So I've done some working and some venerating of like my ancestors' uh, deities, like Frau Holda and, and Morigan, Dagda, those, and uh, around in that, that bowl of like uh, Scotch, Irish, and German. So that's been really fun. But yeah, for the most part, we're just, we're just grooving with God right now. But that's like, that's part of why I wanted to have you on the podcast or what we wanted to talk about on here is like your, you being more of a hereditary witch and like using like ancestor veneration, but like how you also like are like a Christian witch, right? You know what I'm saying? So like, Mm -hmm. um, what is like your history with Christianity? Like what like made you like, what, what, how did you grow up with, with it? And then like, what first made you want to start exploring crap? Well, my mama's side of the family's from Appalachia. They are Pentecostal holiness. <laughs> but Mama had um, a knowing. She had, was a dreamer of dreams. Um, little Mama and my Mama Margaret were also very superstitious and very much in the, well, if you want to do this, like I remember she used to tell me about... Um, when she was making biscuits she would tell me about the bread of life and she would recite bible verses when she was cooking and when she was cleaning and sometimes I swear there was a saying that uh mama could bless you by the same name she cursed you by so that was a big thing but then my daddy's family's southern baptist yes that southern baptist <laughs> but his family uh settled around georgia around that area of appalachia and north georgia mountains and um a lot of the uh, family also moved to the Ozarks. We have uh, indigenous family. My dad's still trying to find all of the records for that, but I have a great great grandmother named Sally um, who was moved to the Ozarks. So um, that's uh, that's been a big part of trying to figure out where all that you know kind of sticks together. And then uh, doing all of this, I always thought it was like terrifying, but also like awe-inspiring with how they, these two different churches would frame the Holy Spirit and like the good works and the miracles. I was essentially raised that miracles were the same thing as magic, you know, because we were calling on God to do so. We did healing. We did, you know, dream interpretation. There were people speaking in tongues, but it was very much of people only spoke in tongues. If there was a translator, it's that there's actually something biblical about it um, to know if uh, they're pushing it or not. So it was very much so rooted in like the spirit and also just like the superstitions that have been carried on for you know hundreds of years so uh, it was really hard to to reconcile being Christian to their standard but also knowing about haints and boogers and knowing what to do with the broom at your door and things like that so I've, I've always felt like off never fully a Christian because I could never fully be what they, what they were, you know? Yeah. I feel like that makes a lot of sense where like, I I hear a lot of like almost walking between two worlds, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. trying to like 
reconcile the witchy half and then also like reconcile this like um, more um, evangelical viewpoint of God and how that relationship should look. Um, so I feel like that that makes sense. And I feel like that'll resonate to like, uh, like a decent chunk of people too, because I mean, like, I know that I, I personally wasn't raised in like a really witchy household, but I was raised in a house where like there were ideas about God being told to me at home that were very loving. And um, I like, you know, puts Jesus as more of like a humanitarian and, you know, like, you know, helping others and kind of thing. And then I would go to church and I'd get like a completely different message. Um, so I feel like people would be able to relate on that, that aspect of like, you know, sometimes there's like, two kind of um, worlds of faith being presented to you and especially like growing up and being mm -hmm. like a kid and being like that impressionable it's really hard um, and I like not for nothing I consider like teenagers I consider until you're like probably like 20 you're probably still a kid so absolutely <laughs> you know? absolutely so I, when I say kids my being a kid that that term is very broad for me um but like at those ages, you're really, really impressionable. So no matter when that doctrine is being fed to you, you know, it's a really, it's a difficult time to re uh, reconcile with having two halves. Um, so like, I guess like my other question for you is like, how did you figure out you were a hereditary witch? But I guess you kind of grew up knowing that you were a hereditary witch. But like, when did you put two and two together that it was witchcraft or like spell work? I was a very precocious child. So... <laughs> um... So I can remember sitting down with Papa and it would never fail. Usually Tuesdays or Thursdays when we go over to see him, because we'd always have uh, Sundays and Saturdays were always reserved for church time. But any other time we went over there, we went over there a lot. Um, Papa would always be like, go get me my strongs and whatever questions you have, I'll, I'll answer it. And I remember the first one being, if we're made to look like God, why do we have women? And now a quick break from our show to talk about a few different ways you can help support the Jesus Witch Podcast. One way you can help support the creation of the Jesus Witch Podcast is by becoming a Patreon supporter of the show. Every supporter of the Jesus Witch Podcast on Patreon gets access to our monthly community oracle card readings, as well as access to a secret Discord channel in the Jesus Witch Church. In that channel, you can leave any Jesus Witch questions or suggestions that you may have, and it's just a better place for us to connect as a Patreon community. We currently have five different Patreon tiers for you to choose from to help expand your knowledge on Jesus and Christian witchery. The first tier that we offer is the Mercury tier, and this provides written transcripts of each episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast to make them more accessible and easier to take notes from. The next tier that we have is the Fool, and that provides early access to the Jesus Witch Podcast, as well as ad-free episodes. The following tier is the Magician tier, which helps to expand your Jesus Witch knowledge with tarot spreads to help you connect with the Abrahamic Pantheon and monthly Bible-based spellbook pages. In the Hierophant tier, we go even further with Bible-based spellwork. Each month, members of this tier get access to an additional Bible-based spellbook page. I also send you a mini spell kit every single month with the ingredients to cast your spell. With this tier, you also get access to a monthly spellcasting circle that happens over Zoom where we cast the spell together and it's a really fun time. Our final tier is the High Priestess tier. This tier gets everything from the previous tiers as well as a one-on-one -on -one call with me over Zoom every single month to talk about your practice, where it's going, and what your goals are spiritually. Another way to help support the Jesus Witch Podcast is by shopping at the Sun and Moon Jesus Witchery Shop on Etsy. Over on my Etsy shop, I offer Talking to Jesus tarot readings, Christian Witch mystery boxes, Bible-based spell oils, astrology readings, and so much more. 
You can also help support the creation of the Jesus Witch Podcast by sending a donation directly to my PayPal or Cash App. You can find the links to both of those or any of the other ways to help support the Jesus Witch Podcast in the show notes page. And a quick reminder, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcasting app you're currently listening to us on. And give us a rating of five stars because that helps to get the word out about the show. If you would like to connect with me further, be sure to join our free Discord group, The Jesus Witch Church, and give me a follow on TikTok and on Instagram at Lena the Jesus Witch. Now let's go back to our show. And he couldn't answer that for me. <laughs> and so I kept asking, like, I remember playing, I have a very distinct memory where I was taking dandelions and I was making them into a quote-unquote potion. And I was trying to feed it to my Barbies to make them all better. And my grandmother actually got really upset with me because she's like, why are you doing that kind of work? That's kind of, that's witchcraft stuff. And I'm like, but God made flowers. Why is this bad? And so that kind of just like stuck with me. Like if God made this stuff, why is it bad? You know, if I'm asking God to heal my Barbies with dandelion leaves, because I already knew about dandelions, even from a little kid, they had, they had good properties for our body, but I just couldn't understand why it was so wrong, you know? Why was it wrong to do all these things and yet we could go to church and we could lay on hands or we could go to church and we could, you know, speak demons out, which, oh my God, that's a whole thing. But <laughs> I just, I didn't understand why we couldn't do both if God gave us the power to do so. If God gave us the power to, to heal people and gave us the flowers and gave us the rocks and gave us the stars, why why couldn't we use them? So between that and like all the fairy tales and all the folk tales and all like the old superstitions and everything, it felt like I was living literally in a magical world most of the time. So I just kind of kept up with that. And then it got reinforced by um, both of my great grandmothers just they kept feeding me, <laughs> they kept feeding me folklore, they kept feeding me like stories and like little traditions be like, I remember that um, one of them, it was uh, little Mama. she was sitting there and you couldn't hear her very well because she had uh, scarlet fever, and it just destroyed her voice, but she'd whisper to me all the time. And I remember there was a cut on my hand and she'd whisper at it and it'd be like scabbed up and scab would fall off the next day. Or, you know, when my uh my other great grandmother would it was a lot of times when like she was cooking or talking about food or anything like that and she would just continually to speak over and she would sing to her food because she wanted everybody to have good spirits and things so I just kind of kept doing what they were doing if, if they were doing it why couldn't I you know what was the difference and as I got older and they were like oh this is still witchcraft oh this is bad and I'm like but you know, my grandma, now they died about the same time I started to get that, that precociousness. So I think I was seven and eight when they both died and it, it, they were very not happy with me being so sassy about, well, if they did it, why can't I do it? And then, you know, as things were talked about, like our gifts from God, as I got older, I realized it was the same kind of things that like the witchy people that I knew from like school because I, I had a couple of Wiccans who were I went to school with and 
they were like, oh, yeah, I can see spirits and I can do dreams. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, well, my memo can do that. Like, And we just call it, you know, a gift from God. So as this all kept going, I started to see the similarities and people will still fight me to this day that like laying on hands is not energy work. Being a dreamer of dreams is not a clair, you know, a clairvoyance ascension. Um, speaking with spirits and things like that is not um, another clair audience that we can do knowing these watching nature's patterns and stuff and being able to tell what's coming from that and having that kind of knowing oh that's that's of the devil no it's not of the devil (laughs) everybody's been doing it to survive forever it's not anything i can't even say it's not anything mystical because it is like i said before magic and miracles were all blended together and even though i'm always someone to say oh check your mundane first I uh, I will almost always default to there being some kind of magical reasoning just because of how I grew up. So there's, you yeah, I can't separate the two. There's no way for me to. That makes a that makes a lot of sense to me. That um, it because of the way that you grew up, it very much seems like they're they're both one and the same. You know. Um, so before I had heard you describe your practice as like granny, like you do granny magic, is that like the same as being a hereditary witch? Like what, like for me, if I hear that, because to be very honest, before I, before you said that, I didn't know what it meant. And I think I probably just played it off. Like I knew what it meant because I got a Leo Midheaven. So (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. I've heard of that before. Sure. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. uh... (laughs) I know exactly. I know everything about it. But so, Granny Witching, Granny Witching, and Granny Magic are practices from Appalachia that are handed down through the family. A lot of things are handed down through the family. Some of them are more commonly known, you know, but some of them are are handed down specific, like like Grandma's biscuits and her jam recipe. You know, some things only go from family to family, and then some of them are superstitious, like. what's the the seventh son can only do certain healings and commune with the dead or like a, a son who's never seen his father in person is the one that can he, you know do laying on hands and healing he can talk warts off and such there's a whole slew of specific things that are very specific to Appalachia and the other part of it is in the simplest terms it's magic and tradition in healing curse breaking nature watching and essentially surviving in that area all the stuff that came from the scotch irish when they all immigrated over to the united states and uh the the indigenous influence because everybody was just trying to survive at that point and granted as a side note, I'm not dismissing the struggle of the indigenous people. I am still learning about that part of my family. It's been a very interesting journey to try to heal in that generational wound. But from what I have found and what I know and understand is they were just trying to survive in the mountains. They were the type of people that lived out there were very much, we don't like the government. <laughs> we just want to live 
and we want to be left alone. So I, I kind of appeal to that. But in living out there and having that kind of lifestyle, especially back in 17, you know, 16, 17, 1800s, even in the 1900s, even all the way, I can distinctly remember Mima having an outhouse that we were not allowed to be around. She didn't get power to her house and indoor plumbing until like the 70s, like that kind of out of the way. But those kind of people had a different culture. They had a different way of life. And granny witches were the spiritual leaders. They were the midwives. They were the doctors. They were the therapists. They were the, you know, the one who knew all the gossip and also knew how to make sure that you didn't get that ear infection again. They knew how to settle babies. They knew how to deliver babies. They knew how to make sure you couldn't have any more babies. And a lot of it was they took what they knew from God because Scotch-Irish, a lot of them uh, assimilated and converted to Christianity in order to save themselves many, many hundreds of years ago. So they took the traditions and everything they knew, and they took the magic that they drew from Christianity, basically the Bible was their grimoire, and they took what they learned from the land, and they just kind of melted it all together to make it work. So you've got a lot of people who have now died, and every time, you know, another generation dies, you've got a little bit more of the tradition is taken with them. You've got all these who have died, the shift to modern medicine, a very evangelical shove of Christianity to push the whole witches or evil rhetoric to the point where granny witching is now hardly talked about. Uh, we've got a couple books out. We've got a couple people who are coming forward that are like, yeah, we're writing books where we're trying to keep this alive, but so much of it has died. So much of it is gone. I'm still trying to learn everything else. Cause like I said, my mamas died when I was, you know, seven and eight. So what all could I have learned from that time, you know? But if we look at it through a, a modern lens, granny witches were herbalists. They were self-sufficient women, leaders in their community midwives, doulas, and they really not only relied on themselves for basics, but they relied on their community, what they could do to the community, and what they could help with in the community to make sure that everything was okay. And that's a really long point of just saying that they were just cool ladies that lived out in the mountains. <laughs> no, I like that, though, because, like, it's, you know, from what I know about like Appalachian practices, I know a lot of them are necessarily closed practices because they're supposed to be like, am I correct in saying that, that it is like a closed practice because it's like meant to be passed down from the people who live there? Yeah, a lot of times it was, I could, uh, that was the reason I had so many issues up until about three, four years ago, trying to find more stuff that, for what I was taught, because it, if it wasn't passed down to you, you weren't going to know. And it's not necessarily mm -hmm. completely closed now because so many of our grannies have died. Like I said, there's been people who have come out with books and things. They're not going to share 100% of everything, but they're going to share a good bit of it because that's an important part of our culture to keep alive. You mm -hmm. know? No, that makes sense. Um, so my other question for you is like, how do you like incorporate this type of magic in your life on like a daily basis? Oh my gosh. Well, 
I'd say, first of all, I'm going to look at my house decor. And uh, if you look at my porch and you are from Appalachia, you will know that there's granny witching going on just because of the cute little tchotchkes and stuff that I've got hanging up. They're all some kind, they're all blessed. They've all been anointed and they all serve a certain purpose. And then you've got my broomstick that's here on the porch that tells you whether or not I am open for energy and company. And there's mm -hmm. also a whole bunch of leaves and everything still on my porch because one of the traditions is you leave something on the porch for haints, for uh, boogers, for creatures of the night to come and, and they have to look at it. They have to count it. They have to collect it and whatnot. And then they have to leave before the sun comes up. So I, I kind of carry that on, even though I'm in Wisconsin, there's still some weird things up here in Wisconsin. So I'm, I'm just going to keep it going, you know? Yeah. Um, you also see stuff like the blue bottle trees. Have you ever seen those riding around? Like there's little, like they look like little dead trees with blue glass bottles on them. Those are. Yeah. 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 That's a big, that's a big part of the, the superstition and decor. And then coming inside I have cast iron just about everything to cook on as like a traditional like a nod to them of like yes we're going to cook with this this is how we're going to eat because this is how you did it so it's kind of my way of venerating and honoring the women in my family mm -hmm. and then and I'm going to make everybody real happy because uh, essential oils I use them all the time I use some herbalism, like when I make my tinctures and I make some dandelion salve, mm -hmm. and I'll make sachets, little the little pouches with herbs and some crystals in it. Sometimes, just oh, my kid skinned her knee and she's feeling in her, you know, she's in her feelings about it. So we're gonna go grab my lavender and we're gonna go rub her down real fast. And if she starts having a dream that she keeps falling and hurting herself, well, I'm gonna go grab a sachet and we're gonna go have good dreams. I also still pray over my bread and my biscuits. I still, you know, give us as they are daily bread and bless the food we have. Mm -hmm. Just little bitty things. There's a couple things we do. I've only been able to successfully do it twice, but I've talked some warts off my oldest. And that was really cool. I was, that is really uh, cool. it was one of those things of like, I know this is going to work if I just do it this way. And then it worked. I was like, holy shit, we haven't had warts for me to try it again. So I haven't been able <laughs> to make sure it wasn't a fluke. Like, You know what? Believe that it wasn't a fluke and then just don't ask for another opportunity. Yeah, you know? no, I'm happy that we <laughs> don't. But I've got, uh, let's see, how else do I do it every day? We're talking like, I have an obsession, even though I'm really, really bad at growing stuff, except for children. Uh, I love herbalism. I love knowing what it does to your body. You know, I know, I love knowing like how your body functions with certain things. I don't know how else to put it without sounding really woo woo, but I don't care. I love that I can take my dandelion sap and make things better. I love that I can make a mugwort tea and I can settle myself for the night. I love that I can also take that mugwort tea if I really need to and go have a dream of dreams. And I just, it's so hard to pick out little pieces of what I do because there's so much that I don't even think about anymore. 
you know? Yeah. And I think that's like where like it basically becomes practical magic. Um, and that's like for me, like especially like as a parent and as like a mom, I need magic that I can incorporate on in my everyday life. Like there's not enough like hours in the day for me to be burning candles all the time, for me to be Ew. like making satchels all the time, for me to be like whatever. It's you know, it's gotta be like one, two, three kind of thing. If I can pull a tarot card in a day, like God bless. Like that's like right. <laughs> enough, you know? That's personally like the type of witchcraft practices that make the most sense to me are the ones that you can do in the most mundane ways. Um, Because I feel like that's what's most like, you know, obtainable to the everyday person. And like, even though, I mean, like demographically, this podcast is like listened to by like parent aged people because it's like, you know, mostly like 25 to like 32 range, if I'm remembering correctly. But there's also like a good you know range of people who are listening who are probably not parents and probably have the time to do these like more like wooey um pretty practices but you know like one day you're not gonna have that time if you decide to become a parent Mm -hmm. so you know I feel like getting the opinion (laughs) people who are making magic work through like literal chaos is super um helpful you know yeah And it's little things, you know, I don't use candles all the time. Like Mamaw used to have a candle going all the time, any kind of candle. I never, I stopped asking why she had candles lit. I know now why she had candles lit, but I digress. But like, she told me to get a a pouch of salt and an iron, you know, an iron railroad spike and put it in my car for safe travel. So every car I have, I've always got a pouch of salt and a railroad spike. And then like... Um, I use, I don't use candles and stuff like I was saying, but like I use wax melts now. I found a couple people who do really cool groovy wax melts. So I still have the, the aroma, the scent and everything and the intention set, mm-hmm. but I don't have fire for my little pyromaniac, uh, to come and try to touch everything with it. Like she has before. So yeah. Really see, nice. I'm not as worried about my children as I am my stupid cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> My dogs don't know what to do with fire. Cats seem to just really want to sit with the fire. They're just drawn to it. And my dog's like, I don't like it. Get it away from me. But (laughs) he's wise. He is. He's very, he's he's anxious as well. (laughs) (laughs) Wisdom, anxiety, same difference. (laughs) Definitely. So, but yeah, that's, it's just, and that's another thing. A lot of people especially as they get older, once they start, if they're not big ritual style witches or practitioners, a lot of what they do, especially when they start having children and start having multiple children and lots of life events, they're going to start feeling like not as magical as they used to. And the big thing to remember is that you've already got your practices in place. Your mind Mm -hmm. automatically shifts to your magical practice, whether you still think it's like big sparkles and booms or not you know that intention's still there and that's really that's I think the biggest part of what do I do on a daily basis I believe I believe yeah I believe say hi to the sun and hi to the moon and that's what yeah um but no I think that that's also a really like valid point where like the people who like you know once you know, more ritualistic people get into a point where they, you know, like they have kids and they can't be like that as ritual. Like I even had that shift from, you know, one to two kids. Because mm-hmm. before I had Scott, like 
I was very, you know, ritualistic in the sense that sitting down with a physical Bible every single day, I was lighting candles constantly. I was, you know, and I, I mean, like, I don't personally use like the scented candles. I use like the little chime candles and I was burning like one of those or like, you know, just getting a big pillar candle and like burning like, a, you know, something like that, like sort of thing. Um, I was like sitting down and doing big tarot spreads for myself, like almost every day. Like I had a very physical and ritualistic practice before I had my second baby. My first baby wasn't, he wasn't a real baby. He was a unicorn. Like he didn't cry. He slept. He was he, a like, trick he, baby. He was oh. a trick. We had a lot of issues with like feeding. So like, I knew that being a parent was hard yeah. because of that. But other, other than that issue, like he so chill. Um, yep, that second, was mine. Not like that. <laughs> yep, that was mine. Delilah was wonderful, my oldest. She was fantastic. The only thing she had was some tummy troubles because we didn't realize she was lactose sensitive. And then, mm -hmm. and then I had my Izzy, and she was allergic to everything. She was allergic to the sweat from my skin, and she's actually a big oh reason God. why. Yeah, like she's the reason why I went to like only essential oil stuff, only, you know, the, you know, candle wax, beeswax candles and stuff like that. Like she's the reason why my witchy practice went from whatever was convenient to like really more hippy dippy. I was already leading toward it anyway, but she just kind of shoved me into it whether I wanted to or not. So it's crazy yeah. how kids will change you so much. Oh, yeah. But I feel like they, they... Do. I mean, like, even <laughs> my practice, like a great point in that, right? My practice with the Abraham and God, like, I was like, I'm never going to work with another deity ever, right? Mm -hmm. God. Okay. Literal incarnation of chaos. Yep. To the point where God's like, don't ask me about him. Go to Loki. Go <laughs> to Loki. And like, I, so I had, to, I had to literally open myself up to a whole other pantheon to cope with this kid yeah you know uh, love him to death that was probably that was with my maggie she helped me realize a lot of the emotional and generational trauma that i was still per you know still perpetuating and i didn't mm -hmm. she is the reason i did my shadow work but she's also the reason that i got closer to the morrigan less as a venerated deity and more as someone that i actively work with and like, she's always been here <clears throat> since I was a kid. She is one of the first things that I was just like, yeah, there's fairies. Yeah, these these stories are real. Like, I feel it because of her. But then, you know, God talks to me through the visage of, you know, my mima and her her quilt and hoop. So I, I got both and they both work. <laughs> they both work in a different way. Like, yeah, yeah. but and, hand in hand. Yeah. It's like it's 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 that's why they call it a spirit team. Yes, I have yeah, I have a spirit team. I don't just have one I have like seven. My my altar's crowded. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. And I'm like I'm my altar's crowded and I'm about to like add more because I feel such a pull to start working with like Venus and, and um Lucifer. Oh, it's going to be beautiful for you. They're very introspective to make you look at yourself in a way you hadn't before. That's going to be a good journey for you. But that's like so many deities. That's just like so much work and communication and like, uh, anyway. Your Taurus is showing. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's but like a lot. It is. And honestly, like with my youngest, her name is Brenya. 
And her name was actually given to me in a dream that I had with the Morgan, which was really cool. But like she brought it all together. And now like I don't keep my craft like to small points. I'm actively doing it every day with Mm -hmm. my children, which is definitely like some people would be real poo poo about it. But I, I feel like it's bringing us closer together as far as like, you know, what expectations are to keep that magic alive in their life, but also to let them understand that what we do has a definite impact on everybody else in the rest of the world, mm-hmm. you know? So like that kind of segues, seg- segues? Why did I say it every so Sego minis? Sego, Sego, Sega, Sega sound team. Um, that's, that's the people who make the music for the Sonic video games. I would know yes, that because is. that was my husband's most streamed Spotify artists in 2022. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, segues into the my last question that I have for you very nicely is how do you teach your kids about witchcraft and like how do you incorporate them into your practice? Like, I it would be like it, ideally the way that I would like for you to talk about this if you could if this is not putting a lot of pressure on you because I'm kind of being picky but if you could just go through like a day and like explain like what like what it looks like a daily basis as like a witchy family a good day because oh, yeah. not every day looks perfect oh but, yeah actually know. that's that's really perfect though because I I integrate it into our homeschooling which is one of the projects that I'm working on is integrating um christian witchy stuff into homeschooling because there's so much christian and then there's so much secular and then there's like a Mm -hmm. little tiny bit of like pagan but there's a way to make it all work so i'm working on that now but like a normal day is in the morning with our routine i have my moments i wake up i get my husband and my oldest off out of the house because my oldest has chosen to go to in person but i always pray over them first like i always give them a kiss on the head and i pray over them as they leave Um, They pass through one of my brooms, so they take whatever funk they might have from like a bad sleep or whatever, and they pass that off and they go on out to the world. They'll pass it coming back in, so whatever negative is attached to them from the day gets dropped off there. And the same goes for Izzy and Maggie and Brenya, and I kiss them, and I pray over them, and I give them a blessing, you know, the daughter's blessing, and I, when I make my food, I pray over that. Sometimes it's in between screeching across the house because somebody's mad at somebody else. The baby's getting into something. The dogs are fighting again. There's, <laughs> It's in like the little things. So as we move into our homeschooling day, which is usually after breakfast, and then we do our little, our small chores. Um, like currently, Izzy is working on not only knowing where rocks formations and crystals come from and how they're how they you know the igneous and and things like that I'm rambling uh anyway um how they're all formed and then like how do we use them every day like we just did quartz so every day would be like in our watches and our computers and our phones and they're used to like conduct electric you know the electrical energy And then, like, how do we use it magically? And so, like, she would hold it, and we'd breathe, and we'd focus. We'd try to let every, you know, big feelings go for the day. So that's how she does it. Now, Maggie, being autistic, we are very much unschooling. That's very child-led. And both Izzy and Maggie have Waldorf aspects to their learning. So we do a lot of uh, the Wheel of the Year. I kind of combine those. We have a lot of festivals. 
on with stories on both um, the Wheel of the Year and uh, the Waldorf festivals, which are a lot of like Catholic inspired, like Candlemas and Michael Mass and stuff like that. And then, um, like one of the things right now is Maggie is learning her days of the week, but we're also having color correspondences with the days of the week. So I, we're trying to dress in those colors or color with that color for the picture of the day and things like that. Little things. And, and then you just add to it, you know. Um, when we do our spring unit, we'll be planting. We'll be working with like herbs. I have like some mini kids herbalism books, but also I have like my grimoire that's working on what they're used and how to how to use them so like if say Izzy wants to make another you know dandelion chain we can talk about the kind of energy you put into things like that and what you can use it for and you know there's usually a bible story in there somewhere around but we've kind of we're we're cycling back on like the strictly bible stories and we're moving into spring and what that means and honestly the biggest thing we do right now to help them understand the biblical concepts that I bring up like when we're praying and things I let them watch Veggie Tales in the evening I honestly it is like the least problematic of the children's entertainment like the old Veggie Tales from back in the day so that's mm-hmm. we do that but reading our fairy tales telling them the superstitions the, the the stories that I know singing a big thing we sing a lot of like old bluegrass songs and uh, even some new bluegrass songs and, and folk, American folk songs, things like that, just to kind of keep that flow going and keep that, that energy going. But as far as how I teach them, it, if they have questions, I'm willing to ask. Like it was <laughs> last week uh, we had a conversation. Uh, it wasn't quite old enough for the concept of like, social construct but she asked me if I'm really a witch why am I not green and I had to sit down and talk to her I was like okay so this is what happened with the women in the community (laughs) and men didn't like women same conversation like several times my my son's like mom you're not a real witch because if you're a real witch you'd be like green yeah I'm like Dexter doesn't work like that and I've, I've explained to him the whole like social construct of it too but now I'm also having to be like okay Dexter like there's some like things that are portrayed on tv and then there's some things that are different in real life and yeah. like we're having to like figure that part out too which is um really interesting for for somebody I feel like my son's more like fantasy inept you know what I'm saying he definitely oh, has yeah. a mind in that sense so it's kind of hard for him to like grapple with the fact like Oh, especially because I'm like, he'll be like, mom, are unicorns real? And I'm like, hell yeah, unicorns are real. Yep, we had that talk too. Wholeheartedly believe unicorns are real. But then it's like, yeah, I hope, but but the whole, like, the concept is I, I, they're real to me because I believe that they're real. Mm -hmm. But are are they real to you? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, so then they're not real to you. Yeah. And then that, so then that whole concept is like, you open the head. You know, it's, (laughs) it's, uh. Yeah, my thing was, are unicorns real? Well, they're on the Scottish flag, so they had to get them from somewhere. Oh, my God. And so now Maggie believes that um, unicorns are like dinosaurs, and they went extinct, and they just haven't found any bones yet because they look all like dead horses, which she's very, 
blunt. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, all right. And uh, we we also believe in like fairies and I'm teaching them about like the house spirits and things like that because my house has a spirit. Um, the woman who died in this, uh, this was like her home. This is where she lived for like 90% of her life. And she was a very big homebody. And so every once in a while, like you'll smell the scent of like cigarettes and like this old woman floral perfume. And you're like, hi grandma, how are you? Like, it's not my grandma, but that's what everybody called her. So like we learned about that. And, um, because of the the Irish and Scottish background of my family there's always a joke that if something goes missing the fairies took it so when when Maggie lost her tablet she cried and was like why did the fairies hate me (laughs) I'm like baby it's probably just under your bed but yeah it's precious it is it's so and it's not even a oh well you can't teach your children that why not it's in if it's in movies it's in Disney it's in you know long time stories of things like that why can't I teach my kids that yeah, they already like, also, know like they're your kids mm-hmm. why can't you teach your kids what you want to teach them I don't I don't know call me a rebel but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean Man. I'm not gonna if they have if they have like they still believe in Santa Claus and I'm okay with that, but they know the story about St. Nicholas, and they know about Santa, and they know the bat, they know the history behind yeah, these stories. So my, my kids, we know, like, obviously, we know Santa, we know St. Nicholas, my, you know, um, my husband's father's obsessed with Krampus, mm-hmm. so I know the whole Krampus legend, Oh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> we did Frau Berstra this year, that was... I think I scared them a little bit and I didn't mean to like (laughs) (laughs) I love my father-in-law for that though like I love him for it um but then uh we do the Bufana as well uh Mm -hmm. for the Italian tradition uh so they they have they see like Santa through like a a multitude of lenses I think my eldest is finally starting to like he's like I don't know if Santa's real he hasn't questioned the Bufana hasn't questioned the Bufana but he's questioning Santa you know that's that's fair we had my oldest well she was about like my kids hit six and they just become very interesting individuals and they ask the questions that are hard my my oldest when she was about six she was like so how does santa pay the elves because we were running our own business and we were talking about business stuff in front Mm -hmm. of her she goes well how does santa pay his elves how do they live all year how do they eat and i was like uh santa makes toys for walmart and target (laughs) <laughs> yeah no you just gotta show her the santa claus movies the, on disney and just be like this is what happens this yeah is it. this is they make <laughs> this it is all the, the time. war of santa yeah you're fine he's still he's still fine like she finally stopped believing somebody kept telling her when she was in like the third grade and she was like it doesn't matter because my mom makes it real and then when she hit about 12 she goes i can't believe in this anymore it's just too kid you know too kid i'm like yeah, man it sucks kid-ish. to be you i believe like <laughs> <laughs> no but it's it's you know it's, it's I feel like you go through a phase though like when you're like a teenager really where you don't believe and then you become an adult and then you believe in Santa again mm-hmm. you know I, at least that's what happened to me I didn't like Christmas like at all as like a, you know um like a, a shitty teenager because I was one of those I was like one of the hard, I hate everybody I hate everything kind of teenagers but meanwhile all I listened to was Justin Bieber in One Direction I mean, that's so, fair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> before I got into my like punk pop phase that, you know, lasted up until two years ago. But anyway, 
it it cracks me up because of the differences there because I was the same way but I was like very Slipknot and Corn and like I would remember when Avril Lavigne came out and pushed in the skater pop punk I was in high school when that happened I've been listening to her a lot lately again she used to be like one of my top like artists like when I was growing up I used to absolutely love her shit and like um fallout boy panic my chemical romance that's what i listened to as like a teenager um, i remember I'm, like, when they were underground <laughs> yeah i i remember um i remember when panic of the disco first like started coming out and listening to them on like myspace with my cousin yes, um, and oh my God. Like, he was like these kids suck <laughs> and so i hated panic for a long time because because my cousin hated them oh gosh oh man but and yeah you like know what she ended up being right though because after the, there's only like two good panic albums and then the rest are like questionable after pretty odd i was like what are you guys doing <laughs> <laughs> that's literally it the first album and pretty odd and then that's it yeah <laughs> I, like i'm trying to make it so that my kids like part of the raising them with the craft that i do and it's healing not only my inner child by allowing them to express themselves in how they want to feel witchy and magical and powerful, mm-hmm. but also um, I'm healing that that generational breakdown of, no, you can't do this because the Bible did this and this and like how it's been, sh- you know, how it got shoved out of our culture for so long and also healing my inner teenager my inner teenager who rebelled and went full Wiccan, like full on Wiccan, like was about to join a coven, like went to Beltane and went to services, went to the Wise Academy, kind of like, screw you guys, I'm going to be a Wiccan. Um, I'm healing that by allowing myself to be the magic that I know I have, instead of forcing myself into what I think the world wants me to be when I say, yes, I'm a witch. So that's really cool. I've been doing a lot. And of I think I think that is so important, right? Because when you say I'm a witch, there is this very specific image that people have in their head. And uh-huh. it's this very like, um, like this like gothic look and this very like, you know, candles everywhere and crows and snakes. And, you know, like when I think of witch, I think of like a crystal ball and like, you know, just like all that Hollywood stuff, right? Yep. But witches all look very, very different. We all have very different styles. We all have very different tastes in our music and our magic and our the way that we put our hair, the way that we dress. Even like I fell into that like trap for a little bit on TikTok where I felt like, oh, I need to like, you know, dress very, you know, woo-woo and bohemian and whatnot. But but in reality, my style, if I wanted to like, if I want to express myself, I'm a fairly I've discovered recently, I'm a fairly girly person. I yeah, like pink. I like sparkles. I like you know sequins. I like all that stuff. But and you can see how myself... comfortable you are too. Now you can see how comfortable you are stepping into that. It's fun. It's like mm-hmm. so. It's like it's like. And I was bullied for a really long time, so I felt like I had to look very dark for a really long time, um, with the way that I dressed. And um, you know, now I'm starting to like step into like actually looking the way that I want to look instead of like how I feel like people, you know think that I should look as like a witch or as like an emo for a former emo kid or as like you know whatever and it's a very freeing thing and I think that's really important in witchcraft to not like um witches are meant to look like 
every kind of person. There are witches from every different culture. There oh, are, yeah. you know, Middle Eastern witches. There are, you know, Irish witches. There are, you know, European cultures and, and you know, African cultures and, like, you know, um, South American cultures that do witchcraft. And, you know, there's, like, you know, Mexican tra- traditions with, like, Brujaia. And I've definitely pronounced that absolutely wrong. I'm so sorry. That's but, okay. That's also been an interesting yeah. aspect, too, is trying to <clears throat> teach my kids a culture I'm not part of, because my husband is Puerto Rican and Portuguese. Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, have to I, I at least introduce them. North. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's so difficult. Like, it it's is. weird. But um, <laughs> my point being is, like, all of these cultures, their practices didn't look different. Their styles didn't look different. And even, like, within the cultures, they fractioned, you know, by town to town. Like, you know, Italian folk magic is a really, really great example of this because, you know, you have people from Sicily that will do one tradition. And then, you know, Calabrese people, we do a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's much, like, everybody looks different. Everybody is different. And that those differences should be embraced. Sorry, that was a tangent. No, that's absolutely correct. Like, respect the things that are closed. Be, res- You know, you can always ask a question. You can always, mm-hmm. a- you know, observe and admire. Just don't take it. Absolutely. You know, I've been doing this forever. This is what I'm doing. Like, I, part of, like, the family tradition, and my dad's really helping me put all this together, but, like, we've also found out we have um, Ashkenazi Jewish heritage, but I'm not going to go around saying that I'm Jewish. Yeah. You know, like literally like same, I have like a similar thing there where my dad grew up in Haiti. He participated in a lot of voodoo rituals while he was growing up. But would I touch voodoo? No. No. (laughs) I wouldn't. I mean, there are things that I grew up with that like, you know, I grew up with them, but they're not necessarily a part of my practice. You know what I'm saying? I think when you're raised with it in the point, then you're can have that better understanding of when to venerate and when to yeah. not like uh, so there's even parts of uh, you know granny magic there's Appalachian folk magic that uh they, there's hoodoo in it and mm-hmm. hoodoo is still one of those it's is it open is it closed from no, my understanding very every... much a closed pat practice you yeah. can I feel like you could use the psalms but the way you know like in in every kind of practice using the psalms is open but the way that they do it in hoodoo and, like, after talking to Mallory, we have, like, a whole episode about, like, sea witchery and, and hoodoo magic together. Mm-hmm. I have, like, a better understanding of that where, like, there's a very specific, um, whatchamacallit, like, it's it's very ritualistic in the sense that there's step one, step two, step three, you oh, know, yeah. to the, the practice. So, like, unless you learn how to do it from your ancestors or from people in your family, you're not going to be able to, to do it sort of thing. Yeah. So, like... It, I feel like that's hoodoo is definitely a closed practice in that sense. It's, it's oh, very yeah. similar to like voodoo where like, you know, with the knocking, you know, I don't know the specific knocking patterns. I've seen people do it. I've seen people do it in real life, but I don't know how to do it. So I'm not going to be doing the knocking patterns. I so, almost want to say like voodoo is the religion, whereas hoodoo is like the folk practice. Does that make sense? I think you're correct in saying that, but I know that voodoo started as like a sect of Catholicism mixed with like the indigenous practices of Haiti. Yeah. And they like there are parts of and part of that is healing the generational, you know, wound that we have is that I am able to take apart what was appropriated. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been a big thing of like, because I had no idea that honey jars were closed and I used to use them all the time because I got taught how to use them. <laughs> like what? 
that was a very interesting conversation that I had. And I was like, I think I'm just going to take this and take this away from what I'm doing with my No, and like, that doesn't mean like you can't put honey in a jar. It's just like, there's a very specific thing that honey jars are doing that you're not meant to do with them. Because like, that's also something like, whatchamacallit, freezer spells. Mm -hmm. I didn't know free, like certain, certain freezer spells are closed. I didn't know that because I, again, my dad grew up in Haiti. So my aunt, when I was being really badly bullied, my, my aunt Wainsey, she showed me how to do a freezer spell that they uh-huh. would do down there. And obviously like, you know, they, there were places where they had freezers and places that they didn't. So sometimes it wouldn't exactly be put in a freezer. But right. when my aunt was growing up, they had a freezer and they would put these things in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to do, I did not know that that was closed for the longest time. I do think that, you know, that there is a form of a freezer spell that is not closed, especially if you have the intention to eventually defrost said thing. You right. Know, like the freezer spells that I do are not meant to be defrosted. And that's where I feel like it is a closed practice. Like the only time my freezer spell will be defrosted is if I go and bury it somewhere and it's completed or I have to move. And yes. like- it's gotten, you know, mundane, mundane reasons to take over the magical. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that practice, like the folk practice and for granny magic, especially like my path is taking me to, you know, break it apart and make sure that I know, hey, I, I now know better so I can do better. This was taken and taught and absorbed basically it's it's basically everything just got absorbed and mushed together but now I can pick apart and see yes no and maybe what can I use what can't I use even though it was taught to me that doesn't necessarily mean that it's for me you know what I'm saying so that's I think that's where I'm going personally with granny magic and teaching my children of what's okay for us to have that makes sense. And I like that too. And and I think that it's just going to create a more intimate practice for you as a family. You know what I'm saying? And like things oh, yeah. that are really like traditionally like yours and yours to keep and yours to practice. Um, but I think this has been like a really, really awesome conversation. Is there anything else that you would like to add or to like tell the, the listeners that are out there? Um, so if you want to find more about me and what I'm doing, I am very slowly bringing myself into the the light here um i'm working on a blog to put out the the witchy homeschooling and then i also am on tiktok and instagram for feral southern housewife and um i will be writing a book with our friend sarah rasterson about christian witchcraft and like the basics like welcome to christian witchcraft like here's this is what's going on with it so i i we should be finished with that. I'm hoping by the end of the year, so it should be published by next year. Nice. And and Mimi's been doing the um, what are, what are they called? The Christian Witch Bible Studies on TikTok with us, mm-hmm. um, with me, Sarah, Mimi, and Hannah, um, which is Strategy ninety seven and and Spirituality T E A on TikTok. Um, <laughs> I fucking love her username. I know so much. It's too good too good um but we've been doing like christian witch bible studies and we're preparing for our next one and we're really excited about those and there's going to be on the like first and third of each tuesday wait the first and third tuesday of each month there that's how you phrase that sentence (laughs) oh my goodness but everybody go give me a follow 